With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I want to talk to him. One of the great arts of conversation. Sounds charming. The only thing that sounds better is the radio. Well, I tune right in at midnight. Attended to the radio waves. I hold my thoughts till they were just right. Always listen to the Bradley J. I was open to views with ears on the news. As they talked, I was focused so much. I called on the phone in my car in my home. Came out in control and in touch. The middle, the sound, and the thoughts that surround when they said, Speak up, I didn't walk. You are Jay Talk and we're live midnight two five. The other day we were talking about Medicare and different people had different information. It was conflicting information, which was dangerous. And so after a long search, we found someone who's an expert, Heather Hurd, a senior consultant, Medicare Markets Blue Cross Blue Shield, Massachusetts, is with us to actually give us the truth. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. I'm gonna start with questions, and anyone else wants to chime in with their own questions, please feel free to do so. 617-254-1030, getting right to business. When do you have to sign up for Medicare? Well, Medicare is for people who are age 65 or older, or sometimes people are younger. After two years of a disability, they might be eligible for Medicare. So when people, let's say it's their birthday, they're turning 65, when they stop working for an employer and they don't have group insurance anymore, they would want to sign up for Medicare. And it would be three months before the month that their Medicare is to take effect, so their birthday month. Uh, Also includes that month and three months after. So that's called the initial election period. Okay, so if you're disabled, on the 25th month you sign up. Or the 24th month, and it takes effect the 25th month. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if if it's normal, normal situation, as you approach 65, you can sign up from the three months before you're 65, mm-hmm. the month you turn 65, and the three months after. Mm-hmm. But the Medicare effective, the eligibility, or I'm sorry, the effective date is the date of the birthday month. So you can do it three months ahead of time. It doesn't mean your Medicare right. starts early. It, it starts. just means you've gotten the what paperwork you, done. What if you waited until after? And, well, you have up to three months after your Medicare, let's say it's your birthday so month. Th- if you be- miss that, then you have to wait for an open enrollment period for Medicare, which is in the winter. And then um, and then you could be on the hook for penalties, correct? If you uh, mm-hmm. did not have coverage for Part B and Part D. Right. Okay, so, so you don't want to miss that. Right. So people should sign up for Medicare when they're first eligible unless they keep working and they have employer-sponsored coverage, typically with an employer of 20 employees or more. So when it comes to Part B, if you are working in a company that insures 20 or more people, Mm -hmm. then you don't need to sign up. 
you cannot sign up and not get a penalty as long as as soon as that job and that coverage goes away, you do. Right. Okay, but it's different with Part B. It's Part D. Right. If with Part B, you just have to be at a place that ensures 20 people or more. The level of coverage is not an issue, but with Part D, you have the drug portion, you have to make sure that your coverage is of a level that is at, is at least as good and maybe better than Medicare coverage. And you just check to see that uh, if you do have drug coverage from an employer, they are required to send you something, if you ask for it, mm-hmm. that states, yes, in fact, your drug coverage is good enough so that you don't need to get Part D. Exactly. So an employer-sponsored plan, let's say someone continues to work till 70 years old. They could have Medicare at 65, but they decide to keep working until they're 70 years old. And they work for a company, 20 employees or more. They don't have to sign up for Medicare at 65. They can if they want to. And you, they should, you should sign up for Part A anyway because it's free. You already paid for it. Well, um, right? That's what I read in Medicare and you. So traditionally, people always signed up. So let me, let me just talk for a moment about original Medicare. So original Medicare, which was enacted in 1965, is made up of parts A and B. Part A of Medicare pays for hospital coverage, and it's free for most people. Medicare Part B pays for outpatient coverage and coverage in doctor's offices with doctors, and it's not free. People pay a monthly premium to the federal government to have Medicare Part B. Now, traditionally, when people kept working beyond age 65 and decided to keep the employer plan, they contacted Social Security, that's the agency you go to to sign up for Medicare, and they took Medicare Part A only, which is free. They kept their employer plan. For Part B. Nope, they waived Part B if they kept working and had employer right, plan, okay. and they took Medicare Part A and got a card that said Medicare Part A only. Okay. And they didn't take Part B, and they didn't want to, you know, they didn't pay that monthly premium. And then later on when they stopped working, they would go back to Social Security and Medicare and say, now I need Part B. Some people still do that today. You can still do that. But there's a reason why some people are not taking Part A when they um, are eligible, and that is because more and more employers are offering what's called a high-deductible health plan paired with an HSA. If someone has a health savings account at work and they're funding it, they can't have any form of Medicare, including Medicare Part A. So some people today that are continuing to work beyond age 65, if they have that health savings account, they're not taking Medicare Part A. They're not taking Medicare at all. That seems, that is, well, to me, that's not great. I cannot, I had a health savings account. I couldn't stand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would go to, this is an aside, that's when money's taken pre-tax out of your uh, paycheck to be used for certain things. Mm-hmm. The process of proving, like from to the dentist, I went to the dentist, and they made me resubmit and resubmit more uh, information to prove that this was a coverable thing. It became not worth it to me. So I, my myself, given the information I currently have, would never take the FSA and reject the free part A. I can't imagine anyone mm-hmm. doing that. 
Uh, I just want to be clear, though. It's not flexible savings accounts. Okay. It's health savings accounts. Okay, what's the, what's the difference? An HSA is a is, – so at work, what you see often, employers are offering employees HSAs, HRAs, or FSAs. And flexible spending accounts, health reimbursement accounts work a little differently. They're not – they don't impact or affect Medicare – it's just the health savings account, the HSA. What's the difference between, between the flexible savings? Well, the, what is the difference between the two? Because this is key. Well, I'm not an expert on the difference between these kinds of vehicles. These are under the HSA. People can find more information on, on irs.gov because it's the IRS that governs the rules around health savings accounts. But it's a way for people to put away money on a pre-tax basis the money grows, I believe, pre-tax. It can roll over. Um, later on, that HSA money could be used for some Medicare premiums. But while someone's actively funding a health savings account, they cannot have another plan apart from their employer-sponsored plan, and that includes Medicare. So there's what are the three types? There's health savings account, flexible spending account, and what else? HRA, I believe, stands for Health Reimbursement Account. And we don't know the, di the difference between those at this time. Okay. I'm not an expert okay, on the difference cool. between those. I have, that's why I have to look that up. Yeah. If anybody out there is an expert on the difference between those, let, let me know. But make sure you tell me how you know. All I know is if at work you have an HRA and you keep working, you can take Medicare Part A and then add Part B together later when you stop working. Okay. Same thing with an FSA. But if you have an HSA, you do not want to sign up for Medicare at all, or there may be some tax um, implications mm, for I, you. Okay. So if you have, if you're working and you have both, you don't need Plan B because you have that coverage and you don't need Plan D because you have drug coverage, at some point you lose your job. How long do you have to sign up for those things? Okay. Quick like a bunny. Right. But so if someone, more specifically. If someone's working beyond their Medicare eligibility and either they lose their job, to your example, or they say, I'm done, <laughs> I'm right. going to retire, um, we recommend two to three months, if they can, before that employer coverage ends, they go back to Medicare and say, now I want to sign up for Medicare. But if it happens suddenly, they get laid off, they have eight months to pick up Medicare Part B with no penalty. So on the eighth month after the active employer plan has ended, they need Medicare Part B to not have a Part B penalty. But they only have 63 days or two months to pick up a Medicare Part D drug plan and avoid Part D penalties. Okay, so that's important to know, folks, because I'm thinking that people make the mistake Thinking that part they have the same length of time to sign up for Part B after they lose the coverage for Part D after they lose the coverage as Part B, but that's not true. Part B, you have eight months. Part D, you only have two months, which is, you know, unnecessarily complicated. But that's the way it is. So if you lose your job, get on it right away. Just the day you lose your job, get both. Right? Why would you wait? Yeah, we tell people as soon as you know, try and have the Medicare coverage begin. Um, On both. Right, so that there's no gap in coverage for you, so that you go right from employer-sponsored coverage 
and then right into Medicare. Everything usually happens on the first of the month with Medicare. It's complicated. We've only just begun to fight. You ready to take a call, Heather? Sure. Okay, it's Elaine in New Hampshire. Hi, Elaine. Hi, how are you tonight? We are well. I, well, I, I have speak for you. Are you all right? Yes, I'm uh, okay. Yes. Okay. I'm fine. Good. And I'm fine, too. Now, I have a question. I am 76, and I am still working. When I leave my employee, which I'm hoping is going to be next week, I already have Medicare Part A, and I have Blue Cross. Do I have to pick up Part B if I still have Blue Cross? Uh, may I ask a question about your employer? Sure. Do you have, is it a company that you're working for with 20 employees or more? Yes. Okay. And do you have retiree coverage available to you from this company? In other words, are they going to continue to offer you this Blue Cross plan, or is that going to end when your employment ends? No, I still can be able to keep that. Um, so it's a retiree plan, but does it, once you stop working, I would, you know what I would do is I would check with the Human Resources Office to ask if, okay. if this is going to work together with Medicare, because my thought is, even if they let you keep it, they're, they're going to want you to have Medicare, um, but I would check with Human Resources on that. Yep. But let's say you stop working next week, you're going to have to go back to Social Security and tell them you need Medicare Part B. And they'll tell you how quickly they can That's add that together to Part A. Even if she's getting insurance, continues to get insurance? Yeah, but yes, because uh, the reason for it is, um, so what prevents a Part B late enrollment penalty, Elaine, is active employer coverage. Uh, if the coverage is no longer active employer coverage, if it's COBRA, for example, that they're offering you, uh, you that may not prevent a late enrollment penalty. So even though she's got insurance, it's not active enrollment, active employer coverage? Yeah, is that the deal? it's hard for me to know exactly what her employer is offering her. I, I'm just trying to give her different... Uh, so the key... The information is it's either active she's, and she does... has to be working. It doesn't count even it, even if she has the insurance if she's not working. Is that the key thing? If it's COBRA, she needs to take Medicare eventually. She will eventually have a Part B penalty. Some no, employers, it's not going to, it's, yeah. it's not going to, it's, I'm, I don't believe it's going to be COBRA. It's going to be straight Blue Cross. So they're just going to continue to pay for insurance for you? I'm paying that myself. That's my, my, my part of my payment through the insurance plan. What kind of a plan is it? Do you mind me asking? Blue Cross. It's a Blue Cross plan. Blue Cross of New Hampshire? Yes. It's Anthem. Okay. Um, well, I, I still think you should check with your human resources office on what the requirements are. If they want that plan to work together with Medicare, then you are going to need to pick up Medicare Part B. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
and I am not uh, familiar with uh, what kind of plan they could be offering you. Specifically, different employers can create different types of programs for their retirees. So check with your human resources department. And if you can get it in writing, do that. You don't want to have to get in a jam somewhere with somebody where you have to say, well, they told me, get it in writing. Get an email. Communicate by way of email. That's a good idea. Oh, God. You mean I have to learn how to use this No, phone? you don't. Then, then written if you can. Anything you can get in writing is better. Now, my other question is, do I have to put, if they do continue to cover me, because they also include um, prescriptions, mm-hmm. do I have to sign up for Part D? No, you wouldn't. If your employer plan continues to cover you and your employer is telling you that the drug coverage benefit in the group plan is what's called creditable drug coverage. Creditable means it's a, as least as good as a Medicare Part D plan. Most of these employer plans are creditable. Then you will not need to sign up for Part D. And you won't have a penalty if you do sign up for Part D later on as long as you've had creditable coverage. And they're required to supply you with, a, a, I believe, written statement that, in fact, your, your drug coverage counts is creditable. If you better call them first thing in the morning. Okay. Thanks, Elaine. Thank you very much, Bradley. Have yes. a great night. Yeah. Now it's John in Boston. Hello, John. And anybody else? 617-254-1030. Heather Heard from Blue Cross talking Medicare. Thanks, Bradley. Uh, thank you, uh, Miss. I just wanted to make an observation. Basically, I was listening to the program, and I have had friends that are dealing with uh, parents that are a little bit older. They seem to make it very complicated for people as they get older, 65 and older, the elderly. Uh, they got Medicaid Part A, Part B, Part D. Then you got these qualified plans. You got COBRA. I see they do not make it very easy, very easy, and it seems like they can make it a lot simpler. They make it very difficult. Then they have penalties involved. People have worked their whole life. They don't sign up within a certain period of time. It seems it's a bit unfair for American citizens paid their whole life into it. They're offering penalties. Uh, let's say someone was sick and they weren't able to sign up in time. Now they have to pay a penalty. Uh, it seems unjust to me, and it seems a bit uh, extra complicated for people entering their elder years. I agree, 1,000%. Yes, that's right. Uh, Heather, you must agree that it's complicated. I do agree, and I I think that it should be simpler. And originally, Medicare was only made up of parts A and B, which was, I guess, more cut and dry. It was part A paying for hospital and part B paying for doctors and outpatient services. But original Medicare does not cover people 100%. It leaves people with cost sharing. And original Medicare does not cover prescriptions. So uh, as the years went on, private insurance carriers um, started creating Medicare plans, private plans that people bought to cover some of Medicare balances. Now, since 2006, Part D plans cover prescriptions. But yeah, I agree with what you're saying that you know, it, I mean, people are I, I getting mean, older uh, and it's getting harder to figure these things out. And if they make a mistake, then they could have a penalty and it seems unfair. Oh, yeah, it's designed that way. I've had an uncle one time that was in a, a nursing home and the people in the nursing home could explain their plans to me. And I'm relatively intelligent. I'm trying to understand. Now, if the people in the field can't explain it, how it how it works, and uh, many of the people that are that are actually working in the field don't know all the different 
idiosyncrasy. So it's deliberately designed to be confusing, and I believe to take advantage of people who are in their elder years. It's definitely not elder-friendly. And uh, they could make it a lot simpler. It's like if you go, it's like if you were going to a business or to a restaurant and say, "Yeah, we're, we're going to pay. You have to pay a separate fee for the butter and a separate fee, fee uh, for the drink, and then a separate fee for this. And if you get if you're 15 minutes late for the reservation, it's just it's it's deliberately designed to make it confusing, and uh, it could be a lot simpler and save a lot more money and a lot of administration's costs if this thing was simplified and streamlined thanks john i feel your pain i totally totally get it thank you man before we go to arlene and harvey there are a couple sources for help number one i gotta say is get a written copy of medicare and you and a legal pad and a pencil start going through it and write down a question go through it write down a question write down a question when you've done that do it again then, when you have your questions, take the questions to a place where you can get information, whether you do that in person or on the telephone. And now, our guest, Heather Hurd, is going to tell you where you can get some help. In Massachusetts, particularly, because we're, we're good like that, right? Good luck in Tennessee, but in Massachusetts, we have the Shine program, right? We have wonderful resources here in Massachusetts, and I agree Starting with that Medicare and Hue handbook is a great idea, and people can call 1-800-MEDICARE or go on medicare.gov to find out how to get that Medicare and Hue handbook. And it's also on Medicare's website as a PDF document if they do use uh, computers uh, and want to look it up that way. But in Massachusetts, we have a lot of resources, and one of the most remarkable and I think um, important programs is called SHINE. And this is an acronym. It stands for Serving Health Information Needs of Everyone on Medicare. The SHINE program in Massachusetts falls under, I believe, the Office of Elder Affairs. Um, and SHINE counselors are all over Massachusetts at senior centers, and they see people for free by appointment, and they help counsel them on all kinds of Medicare issues. So the last caller was very frustrated about uh, some of the issues he's seen happen to people in his life, signing up, not knowing when to do it, getting penalties. A shine counselor is there to help. Now, can, you can go to an office and sit down with these people, or is it only on the phone? At the senior centers, you can make an appointment and sit down but does, one is that, on one. Is senior center shine? Yes. Okay. So there are shine counselors. These are volunteers mostly. At senior centers. Yep. They go to monthly trainings. They learn all about the Medicare plans that are in the market. They learn about the Medicare rules. They learn about penalty, you know, avoiding penalties. They learn about other programs for people with low income, and um, some of them have special training in money management. But a SHINE counselor can also be reached at this phone number. It is 1-800, and then the acronym is AGE, A-G-E-Info, I-N-F-O. 1-800-AGE-INFO which is 1-800-243-4636. So you can reach a SHINE counselor that way 1-800-AGE-INFO. AGE-INFO. You got that, folks? Write it down. We'll say it a couple more times. AGE-INFO, because it's important. Mm -hmm. it, it really, it, I became keenly aware how important this is when we had our conversation, and frankly, no one had a clue. And it's super important. Okay, let's go to Arlene in Florida. Hi, Arlene. 
Hi, good evening. How, oh, good morning, I should say. Thank you for, for this call. And this is a very timely subject for my husband and I. Um, we have what I think is somewhat of a unique situation. Um, my husband was a, um employee of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts for over 30 years and therefore did not have enough quarters to be eligible for Social Security or Medicare on his own, but only as a spousal benefit because I actually had enough quarters. When he, re he retired at age 64 from the Commonwealth and was able to stay on the insurance through the Group Insurance Commission, his health insurance, we were both covered by the plan. And we were advised that when I turned 65 and went on Medicare, that he would also need to enroll in Medicare as a spousal benefit. That is happening this coming May. So we were following the, and back in 2014, when he turned 65, we had to get a letter from Social Security, which we did obtain, stating that he was not Medicare eligible at that time. And we were able to stay on the insurance, our health insurance, through the Group Insurance Commission as retirees. And your question is? That's, well, my question is, we're now going to apply for Medicare. We went to apply for Medicare for him. I already received my card in the mail. And we're now told that he should have applied for Medicare when I turned 62. And because he didn't do that, we are now going to be faced with those lifetime penalties. So are you... And everybody... Were you everybody acting on advice that somebody gave you? Yes. V verbal yes. advice, so, right? No, we had written... We had written... We have a written document from Social Security back from 2014 when he turned 65 stating that he was not eligible for Medicare until I was eligible for Medicare, which I, which is when you turn 65. We are now being told that he should have applied when I turned 62. Thoughts? But you weren't eligible for Medicare at 62. When I was 62, no. So huh. that's why he couldn't sign up when he was 62 to be with you. Well, no, when he was 65. He's four years older than me. Okay. But he's so just getting Medicare I, because of your your eligibility now right correct yes he does no benefit on his own it's only a spousal benefit yes yeah, so this is something and that... we have had and we've had insurance health insurance provided by the group insurance commission from massachusetts mm -hmm. since the day of his retirement mm -hmm. it's retirees insurance yes but it's not cobra it's a retiree benefit the group insurance commission told us that we were covered the correct way Social Security at the time told us, and now going to apply, we're told that we're going to be hit with these penalties. I, I, I this is unfortunate what, what has happened, but I think this sounds like an appeal situation that you should go back to Social okay. Security and see if there's some way you can file an appeal, and you might need to escalate well, this. Um, okay, because, well, the, well, the thing that did happen, and I, and I, I, I will throw this out there. We did go to the, the office down here. We're in Florida for the winter, and mm -hmm. we did go to the office down here in Florida, and we were advised that in order to file the appeal, it might be necessary for us to pay for Medicare Part B retroactively back to when he turned 65. So for three, we have that we might have to pay for three years' worth of premiums. Okay. You could even appeal that, right? I mean, that could be part of the appeal, well, the appeal. 
you know, and, and this is one of the you know, I I initially didn't want to come on the air because I wasn't felt I didn't feel that this was a situation that was going to be relevant to a lot of people. Um, and I. By the way, don't was, do anything that I say because I'm not an expert. Heather's the expert. <laughs> what is it? Right. What is no, it no, that you uh, what, uh, recommend that she do? I, I think that appeal. she's on the right path. Okay. I think you need to go back to Social Security and try and appeal the penalties that are being imposed um, on your husband because of the fact that he didn't even qualify for Medicare until you qualified for Medicare, but your qualification pushed him over age 65, which is now a penalty situation. That must so happen. I would go and try and appeal that through Social Security and... Um, if you are not having any luck on your own. Um, in, in Florida, I believe they have a program similar to our SHINE program here. Well, well, it's called well, SHIP. I actually did, did call the SHINE counselor up in Massachusetts because okay. we're only in Florida for four months. Okay. And when I, when I explained the situation to him, he kind of said, oh, I don't know. That's kind of a <laughs> yeah. – he was at a loss. So he was not helpful. The SHINE counselor was not helpful. May I ask? I guess my question. Uh, well, sure. well, well, I don't want to ask now what town you live in because, <laughs> um, it, so Shine is there are regional offices that Shine falls under, and mm -hmm. um, there are people who are in charge of training all the Shine counselors, and they are extremely knowledgeable people. So talk to the so, manager, basically the trainer. So whatever. Are you in Middlesex County? Can I ask that? We're in Norfolk, Norfolk County. Norfolk County. So I believe there's an office, a regional shine office in Norfolk County. I think it's called. I Good think to know. It's so called. get get a hold of the trainer who really knows what's going on. Yes. The regional shine director is what they would be okay, called. But, but can, I, can I just ask you a question, Heather? Um, sure. Is that correct that he should have applied at 62? When I turned 62, I don't. I can't rather, really answer. Check that. with the shine, yeah. uh, shine trainer. This the eligibility for Medicare is really um, something that Social Security determines, and you described a situation where he hadn't paid enough quarters because of his uh, insurance through the Group Insurance Commission. So Arlene, really we're going to move on because right. we have other people to get to. But number one, okay, appeal well, it. Thanks, number two, thanks. talk to the shine boss. Thank you so much. Right on. Good luck. Harvey in Boston, you are on WBZ. What's going on? Hi, Bradley. Welcome back. Thanks. Uh, I, had a, I had a question and I had a comment uh, for Heather, and then maybe I can hang up and listen. But the okay. question has to do with if you don't apply for Social Security until 66 or even 70, but... Uh... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, you want Medicare at 65 when you're eligible for it. How do they, I wonder how they bill you for that. So they bill you direct or you yes. have to pay uh, for the year or is it by the month? It's quarterly. Uh, that's, the, that's the question. And the comment has to do with, uh, you know, maybe I missed it. I, I thought I was listening from the beginning here, but I haven't heard any mention of the fact that it really doesn't end 
with the with applying for Medicare because otherwise you're going to get stuck with uh, deductibles and copayments and 20%. You really need to go ahead beyond Medicare and look for a supplemental plan as well. We're going to get to that. I'm hoping our guest can stay a little longer in order to get to that. If not, okay. we'll have to cut the calls shorter and she can address okay. it. In sh That's really important. What was your, what was your question? You made a comment. I got the comment. What was the question? I want to understand the, the question so well, when we well, get the, the answer, it means something to me. If one doesn't apply for Social Security, uh, they can apply as early as 62, but if they don't apply uh, until 66 or even 70, uh, but they want their Medicare at 65 when they're eligible, how are they billed for their Part B premium if it can't be subtracted from a Social Security check because there is none? Ah, and the answer do is? They, do they bill you monthly, yearly? You get a bill. How is it paid? Quarterly. It's a quarterly billing. So uh, people are eligible for Medicare health benefits at 65. People can collect Social Security, which are monetary benefits, I believe, starting at 62 up yeah. to, I think it's 69. I'm not really clear on that. So if you're collecting Social Security when you go on to Medicare, then the Part B premium will be deducted from the Social Security check monthly. Right. But if you go on to Medicare before you start collecting Social Security, then you will be directly billed by Medicare for that Part B premium. And my understanding is it's a quarterly billing. Yay. And probably in advance. I, I'm not sure about that. I would check okay. with I would check with Medicare. <laughs> Thanks, Harvey. Thank you, Heather. Okay. You're welcome. Uh, let's go to Lila and Nancy. Then we're going to have to get this information about uh, GAP insurance. Lila, hello. Hi, Bradley. Welcome back. Thank you. I have a quick question to your guest. I'm turning 65 this year and I'm still working. My health coverage is from my husband. My husband was a federal employee for 34 years um, and he's retired, so I am still on his plan. With that, I do intend to go and sign up for Medicare in May because my birthday is in August. Um, do I need to get the plan B? So you will continue to have federal, um, is it, may I ask if it's Blue Cross, federal Blue Cross it's correct. coverage? It's Blue Cross and Blue Shield, the federal plan. Okay. So technically, um, when you are a federal employee having federal Blue Cross Blue Shield coverage, you can continue to have that coverage and you don't need to take Medicare Part B. However, okay. um, I happen to work at Blue Cross on a team called the Seniors Outreach Team, but the other team mm -hmm. in my department is called the Federal Employee Benefits Team. And I, <laughs> I, I work with those people and I hear them uh, talking to federal employees all the time. And I know that they are recommending that people sign up for Medicare Part B um, and pairing Medicare A and B with your federal Blue Cross Blue Shield coverage. And I believe you have two options, a standard and a, a basic PPO. option. Oh, or a PPO. There, so why? And, Isn't it redundant? Um, because there are some additional, there's, there's better coverage when you have Medicare and the federal Blue Cross together. And with one of the plans, it even reimburses you for up to $600 of your Medicare Part B premium. So I'm not an expert on the federal employee plans, but if you're our member at Blue Cross, you can call the number on the back of your ID card and okay. you can ask to talk to someone that's a dedicated uh, area for federal 
Blue Cross members, you can ask to talk to them about having Medicare A and B together uh, with your okay. federal coverage. Thanks, Lila. All right. Thank you. Yep. Nancy in Maine. Hi. Hello. Hello, Nancy. Hey, well, uh, welcome back. Thank you very much, Nancy. Uh, Heather, I, I am not eligible for um, uh, Medicare because I did not, we didn't pay in the school system into Social Security. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a friend who is retiring now. I retired back in oh, one or two, I forget which. <laughs> um, so is there, has there been a change in that this this person will be retiring soon. Is there going to be a change in the fact that, you know, if you'd never uh, got Social Security, I didn't have, uh, what was it, 49 quarters? It's 40 quarters. 40 quarters. Um, so I don't have it. Uh, it. Has something changed in that? Do you have to sign up for Medicare? If you never paid into the Social Security? No, you don't. But the only thing that I have seen changing, and my father was a school teacher, and uh, he, he, um, I remember during his working career, there was a time that he didn't pay into Social Security, and then the rules changed, and he started paying into Social Security. So what I'm seeing is that um, in different towns, it can work a little differently, and also... I'm seeing now that teachers are paying more uh, into Social Security and they're qualifying for Medicare, whereas years ago, I think they didn't. They got their own teacher retiree coverage. Right, that's so what I have. That's what I think is happening, and I'm, uh, that, that's the extent that I can answer so your Nancy, question. So, Nancy, you get your insurance through teacher retiree plan. I have the the town I worked for. Okay. Um, give, so municipal. Uh, they give half. They pay half my Blue Cross Blue Shield of its anthem because I live in Maine. But okay. Um, so how about your friend? Did your friend pay in? Do you know if your friend paid paid into Social Security while being I, a teacher? I don't believe she, they have. No, that that the, there is none. I hope but she has a retiree program to, in her town too. W- yeah. Would it be tied to? Like her, she was divorced, uh, an ex-husband or anything like that. Do, do you have that that would have gotten? Um, uh, You're looking for a loophole. Well, it, maybe did yeah. she do? Did she work in some other capacity before she became a teacher? I mean, no. So uh-uh. she so she didn't work and outside doing some other sort of employment that it would have been paying Co- it to social security. That, like I worked summers, so. I accumulated like 30, 31 or 32, um, you know, uh, quarters. Quarters, thank you. I don't so, know. Uh, it could be her a spousal, you know. We got, um, we're speculating. We don't benefit. know. We don't know, yeah. Yeah, but, well, they're, they're talking to her about, you know, part A and part B, and she's all confused. She needs you know, to, which, where is she, she in Maine? No, she's in Massachusetts. Okay. She needs to talk to one of these shine counselors. At her local senior center. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Shine. S-H-I-N-E. What's that stand for? Serving health information needs of everyone on Medicare. (laughs) It's a long acronym. (laughs) Thanks, Nancy. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. I I would think that her friend, also a teacher, would also get her health insurance through the retiree program like Nancy did, but who knows? Mm -hmm. Shine program. 
Okay, there are no calls. And we've gone through the main parts, that we, we, but we haven't gotten to part C and, and Medigap. Part C is the, these advantage programs you can get, which change things a lot. And then the Medigap, if even if you get original, you can get a Medigap insurance, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Can you mm-hmm. explain that? You can Yes. Sp- so at some point, everyone's going to go on to Medicare. And Medicare is federal national coverage. There are Medicare providers all throughout the United States, no networks. People can be in Massachusetts. They can spend their winters in Florida. They just show their Medicare card to that Medicare provider. They bill Medicare. Medicare pays the claim. But Medicare doesn't pay 100%. Not even close. No. So people have out-of-pocket costs if they have Medicare alone. A lot. And it can be. And some people don't want to have those costs, so they buy other coverage. And there's two real ways of buying other coverage. One way is to buy something called a Medigap plan. It's also called a Medicare supplement. These types of plans pick up Medicare balances. So in, uh, in Massachusetts, there are primarily two types of Medigap plans. In other states, there may be more. But a Medigap plan, someone buys, it's secondary insurance, and the job of that plan is to just pick up Medicare balances. Another option is to buy something called a Medicare Advantage plan. This is usually an HMO or a PPO type of plan. This plan takes over and becomes the primary coverage. So somebody who buys a Medicare Advantage plan, they've opted to replace their original Medicare while they're on that Advantage plan. They never lose Medicare, but Medicare has kind of moved to the background and is funding that Advantage plan. So you can use whatever money they were putting towards your original towards the Advantage, plus you probably have to kick in more. Most Advantage plans have premiums, but they can be pretty, they can be low. They can be under $100. Sometimes there are zero premium plans in the market. And those, they're subsidized by what by the money that would have paid for your exactly. original Medicare. They're, they're federally funded. Yeah. And but people pay cost sharing when they use the plan. So they have they're structured like an original kind of like an employer plan. So people will have co-payments at the doctor's office, co-payments for specialists. They'll have cost sharing for hospitalization, maybe for tests, for labs. But if so, you get a Medigap and stick with original, does that cover this Co-pays and stuff? Well, the Medigap plans, what they do is they just pick up the balance after Medicare. And so usually with Medigap plans, there are no co-payments. Sometimes in the group market, some companies offer Medicare supplements and plans can have co-payments. But if you're in the individual direct pay market, meaning that no company's giving you coverage, you're on Medicare and you're buying your own plan. And you're buying your med- you're buying your own Medicare. Gap plan. Yep, a Medigap plan. And there are not going to be co-payments. How come? They're just covered by... It's just the way the plans work. If they pick up the balance after Medicare, they pick it up 100%. So they pick up the copay. They pick up the cost sharing. We haven't talked about the original Medicare cost sharing. Okay. Um, So are you ready? (laughs) Original Medicare, Part A, that's the inpatient coverage. That has a deductible for inpatient stay. If someone's in the hospital between one and 60 days, there's a deductible that they have to pay towards the hospitalization. This year, it's $1,364. That applies in what Medicare calls a benefit period, which renews 
every time someone's left the hospital and been home for 60 days or more. So, Jim, in NBPT, what's going on? I, I appreciate you taking the call. I've got a little bit of a curveball, which I don't know if Heather right, can answer let's either. Let's throw it at our guest, to our guest, sure. Heather Hurd, Senior Consultant, Medicare Markets, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Massachusetts. Go ahead, Jim. Hi, Heather. Hi. I, um, I, I was injured, uh, 100% service-connected. Uh, I was injured in the Navy in 1991, and I'm totally permanently uh, disabled, and I've received all my health care from the VA since 1992. Um, but I'm also eligible for Medicare, which I have Part A mm -hmm. through uh, the Social Security Disability. I've worked and then not worked. And I'm, I was told once that I might have to pay a penalty because I do not have Part B. And I feel like I don't need Part B because I'm completely covered by the VA. But then I'm told maybe when I turn 65, that the VA is going to require me to have Medicare, and then I'm going to have to pay a penalty. So I don't know what kind of penalty, and uh, I, I wouldn't know if you'd know anything about that type of situation. Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for your service to our country. Oh, and thank I, you. I'm sorry that um, that you are disabled, and but I'm glad that you have good coverage through the VA and Medicare. Uh, in terms of the Part B penalty... I'm not really sure how to answer that question. I think that it could help you to um, see a Shine counselor at your Newburyport Senior Center, which is a beautiful senior center, and um, call Social Security and talk to them about the Part B penalty. It seems like, are, are you qualifying for Medicare Part B because of disability or because of, are you now turning 65? No, I'm only, I'm only 51 years old. Okay. And I was told this actually quite a while ago because I do receive Social Security disability. I've been on it, you know what, when I'm not working, but when I've been working, you know, I, I didn't need it and didn't mm -hmm. get it. So, um, you know, my feeling is, you know, I, I was told probably when I was about 40 years old that, that I should be paying for, for Part B, mm -hmm. something that I don't need because I don't use. Mm -hmm. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But I should be paying for it. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I, you know, $100 a month or whatever it is for the next 25 years, um, what could the penalty be? You know, it, it couldn't be it exceed, the, you know, $100 a month for 25 years. I could be wrong. Um. I would. Do, is there a veterans agent in Newburyport that you could meet with and maybe there, talk to there about is. this? There is. It, it seems like, you know, people at the VA, uh, even people from Social Security, um, can answer these questions. So it's one of those things like you, you just spoke to the woman who was told certain things, and it's, it's like right. you don't really know the answer until it happens. Right. Um, this, I, isn't this ridiculous, people, how complicated this is? We talk about life in the United States. This is me talking, not our guest. 
this is obscenely complicated. You shouldn't have to do this. The system is broken. And I hope when it comes time to vote, you'll take a look at somebody that will just simplify the system. Okay, that's me. And that has not, again, nothing to do with our guest. So, Jim, you need to be proactive. You need to be proactive about this and get to not just someone who was told something by someone else. You need to find a true source like the instructor at one of these shine people, uh, shine centers, or your veterans administration, or both. And anytime you can get anything in writing, do that. You want to add anything? I have one other suggestion. Okay, go ahead. One thing I would like to say that uh, veterans who live in Massachusetts and the Boston area are very privileged to have very good doctors and nurses. I've, I've received care from other VAs, um, including Washington, D.C., and I'll tell you wh- what we get here in, in Boston. I, I just soon stay on VA health care um, because I'm taken care of so well, um, especially living in the Boston area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Very Heather, good. you had something to add. My, my other suggestion for you is um, that living in Newburyport, the Shine uh, region that you are in is under Merrimack Valley Elder Services in Lawrence. Okay. There's a very large um, office, Merrimack Valley Elder Services, and you might want to give them a call. The regional Shine director for your area is there, but there may be some other services within Merrimack Valley Elder Services. And I realize I'm pointing you to elder services and you're not necessarily an elder yet, but qualifying for Medicare may make them the best people to to help you look into this Part B uh, situation. Right, because they might have dealt with an older veteran who's uh, experienced what I'm talking about. Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you both for uh, having this topic and uh, helping people out. You got it, Jim. Good luck. Key is being proactive, proactive. Can't let this slide any longer, Jim. All right. We were in the middle of some important information dissemination, Heather, and it had to do with what kind of supplemental insurance options there were, whether you get a supplemental that goes with the original uh, Medicare or whether you get an Advantage plan, which acts in its stead. Right. Okay. So it's all you now. Go ahead. Okay. And I'm going to try and be very succinct with this at 1.15 a.m. So first of all, people are going to have Medicare. And Medicare has out-of-pocket cost sharing. If you're in a hospital, you have a deductible to pay with the first 60 days of hospitalization. It's $1,364 this year. If you're outpatient and you're always in a doctor's office, no hospital, no inpatient stays, Medicare has a calendar year deductible, it, and it's $185, dollars in 2019. After people pay that, for the rest of the year, Medicare pays 80%, and, the, they, and you pay 20%. So this is the Part B because Part A is free. This is Part B, yeah. So you get your deductible oh. and your premium, 135 and 185 approximately. Right, so Part A is free. Yep. But you have that big hospital deductible. Mm-hmm. Part B of Medicare is not free. The standard monthly premium for Part B is one thirty-five fifty in 2019. Okay, and there's a deductible. Uh, and then when you go for outpatient doctor services, you're going to pay the first $185. That's a deductible. And then there's coinsurance. And then you pay 20% for the rest of the year. 
20% of the cost of whatever you incur. Right. Which is it's a bummer for me to hear because it makes me think, well, Medicare is not that great. It's and twenty percent, the 20% is based on a Medicare negotiated rate. In Massachusetts, there's no balance billing allowed by Medicare contracted providers above that Medicare negotiated rate. Okay. Is there a in t- other states, there can be balance billing, and I don't know the rules in every state. Is there a top out-of-pocket? There's for- no out-of-pocket maximum so that's with terrible. original you could, Medicare. You could owe 20% of a million, of 100,000 bucks pretty easily, correct? Well, the 20% is based on outpatient services. Oh, okay. So an outpatient inpatient services, is A. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you're a, not probably going to get 100000 for outpatient services. Right, right. Unless you have a... Okay. So now, one type of plan people can buy, so people have Medicare. If they don't like those out-of-pocket costs and they don't have any prescription drug coverage, they can say, all right, I need to buy other insurance. One way or pathway they can go down is buying a Medigap plan, also known as a supplement, and then they would have to buy a separate Medicare Part D plan for drugs. These people have three insurance cards in their wallet. They have a Medicare card, primary coverage. They have a Medigap card, secondary coverage. The job of the Medigap plan is to pick up the Medicare balances, and then they have a drug card just to show at the pharmacy to pay for medicine. So if you go the original Medicare route, you're you're going to definitely, this is to recap, have a, a premium and a deductible and a coinsurance and a Part D. Uh, and also, if you choose, a supplemental premium, too. That's a lot. That's, That's a l- three premiums. That's Part B's premium. Yeah. That's a supplement premium, Medigap plan. Those terms are interchangeable, Medigap, okay. Medicare supplement. And then a premium for your Part D drug and, coverage. And, and then once you get the, sub, the Medigap plan, does that take away the deductible? No. Well, there are, Medigap plans can. In Massachusetts, there are primarily two types of Medigap plans, Supplement Core mm-hmm. and Supplement 1. Supplement 1 picks up the balance after Medicare 100%. So people who have Medicare... And a supplement one have zero out of pocket. So costs. that takes away that away that twenty percent coinsurance and the hospital deductible and the Part B calendar year deductible. There's zero out of pocket costs if Medicare okay. covers the service. And what's that? Core runs like ninety, a hundred dollars, and Type One is about two hundred dollars. Yeah, the supplement one plans range from about two hundred to two fifty, okay. depending on the carrier you go with. There's a supplement core plan. That Cheaper. is about a hundred dollars less, about ninety-eight to about one fifty. The core plan doesn't cover everything after Medicare. Uh, it doesn't cover the hospital deductible. Mm. It doesn't cover the Part B deductible. Okay, but it does pick up all the twenty percent. So that this is good. We have now covered original, medic, original Medicare. But there's another option, and this is the advantage, which right. is an entirely different thing. You can be done as soon as you explain this. Sure. So some people might say, you know, I don't want to do those three separate coverages. I don't want the three cards in my wallet. I don't want to, you know, be paying three premiums. They might look for something called a Medicare Advantage plan. And this is usually a Medicare HMO or a Medicare PPO type of plan. HMO plans have been around for years, health maintenance organization. 
people choose a primary care provider, a PCP, they get referrals. They're network-based plans. This is the HMO? Advantage. This is an HMO. Yeah, there's HMO and PPO, and you're going to explain both of those. Okay. Yep. You have to... I got this big complicated thing in the mail that kind of from probably you that spelled all that out. What's the difference between the HMO and PPO? And HMO basically they save money because they're in network. And if you go outside a network, it costs you big time. If you stay inside a network, it's cheaper, but your options are uh, limited. Right, and your care is coordinated by a primary care provider. Meaning you can't just go to a specialist. You have to ask for a referral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A PPO, Preferred Provider Organization, is what that stands for. A little more flexible. In and out of network coverage, you get away from the referral requirement. Now, these Advantage plans are sometimes referred to as Medicare Part C. Yeah. Some people call them replacement plans to Medicare. The premiums can be a lot lower because these are federally funded programs. So you can find plans that are $20, $30, $40, $50 a month. Now all you're paying is your Medicare Part B premium, and you're paying one premium for your Advantage plan. That Advantage plan can give you all Medicare benefits. Extra benefits are added in, plus Part D drug coverage may be included as well. And the downside of the HMO is... There's, all, there's no free lunch. What is the downside of the HMO? Well, you have to usually stay within the network. That's it. You, uh, you can't go out. They'll just say, no, sorry. You can for urgent and emergency okay. services. Whereas a PPO, you can choose between in and out, but why would you ever choose the out-of-network? You can tap into out-of-network benefits if you're away but, from the service area. Yeah. Uh, or you want to see a provider that's not in the network. You have that choice. But and that's you have a lot more money. Not necessarily. There are PPO plans where the benefits are exactly the same. In and, and, and out the of cost? network the, can be the same. Oh, okay. Um, but you want to make sure you're seeing a Medicare contracted provider. Now, with the Advantage plans, I mentioned that you can be, bring those premiums down lower. Yeah. And that's true. But you have out-of-pocket costs as you use the plan. These are co-payments. Okay. For office visits, you might see money towards an x-ray, a lab, um, hospitalization. So I personally, I call these plans pay-as-you-go plans. So you don't get that with the Medigap. That's taken care of with Medigap. It's more predictable what your out-of-pocket costs are with Medigap. You don't get the the co-payments. No co-pays. With Medigap. No. But you can with Advantage. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's important to say these things two or three times. Sorry. It is. Okay. And how how do the if it's a better deal the advantage programs how how can it be I mean where does the money come from it, again there's no free lunch is the only difference that you the co the uh, co payments is that how they're able to do the advantage you mean it sounds like the advantage is a better deal costs fewer dollars how can they do it how do they do it. Where do they save the money that allows them to have you save the money? Well, the the Medicare Advantage plans, the private insurance company that's offering the Advantage plan has a contract with Medicare. Medicare's funding that Advantage plan. Okay. And so... That's what we talked about before. A member might Subsidizing be paying, it. Yes. A member might be paying very low premium, $20, $30, $40 a month, but the federal government is sending a larger amount okay. to the 
private health plan. Which would have gone to pay for original original Medicare. Right. Instead, it's going to help you subsidize your Advantage plan. That's true. You guys made a deal. Mm -hmm. The private sector and the government made a deal. Right. And now that private health plan is responsible for all that person's medical claims. Uh, What are the... One more question, then we have to go. What's the ratio of people that, in your experience, choose original and the supplement, the Medigap, or Advantage? That's a good question. Um, Well, I've been in this field doing the work that I do for close to 12 years now. And I would say when I started, more people were leaning towards the supplemental plans. Mm -hmm. At that time, there were the choice was only between supplement and HMO. Now that there's P- now that there are PPOs as an option, I'm seeing at my seminars, uh, my Blue Cross seminars, kind of 50-50 people going to supplements and some people going to PPOs. Um, some people still like the model of an HMO with the coordinated care, but um, okay. I think PPOs are a little more popular. Kept you extra long. We, we did it. It's uh, very helpful. we I have a a pretty good mental picture of what's going on. Hopefully you do too. We're going to have to put a couple more paints of knowledge, coats of knowledge over that before we all get it. But Heather Hurd's gone a long way to making us understand. And we really appreciate it. Heather Hurd, Senior Consultant, Medicare Markets, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Massachusetts. Yes, thank you for having me. This has been fun. That was another Jay Talking Podcast. If you loved what you heard, like and review the show. It helps others find us. Subscribe to the Jay Talking Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and never miss an episode. Follow me on Twitter for show updates. And as always, you can catch the show live every weeknight starting Sunday, midnight to five on WBZ Boston's News Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.